And Mike, much, much like they used to do on the uh, uh, People's Court, where they would interview also the uh, person who came out on the short end, mm-hmm. your reaction? I don't really feel like I lost today because when I came into the game today, all I wanted to do was to humiliate and embarrass Celeste. <laughs> And the neighing horse was worth every. I'm not embarrassed. <laughs> I'm not embarrassed. You're not in the. You're not in the side court. I'm not even close to I'm embarrassed. I'm outside the court. Actually, they do usually. Bark I am oh, yeah. proud. I am Liz Lemon proud of my horse neighing. Welcome to Which Game First, where we explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we find any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up this week, the creatures of the Chinese Zodiac go horn to horn in Zoo Tiles Hemet. Next up, we jam our animals into cages for your entertainment in New York Zoo. <laughs> and lastly, we take a stab at gathering wooden farm tools without injuring ourselves in Jack Straws. I'm your host, Celeste Angelus, here with my decades-long gaming buddies, Evan Bernstein. Hello. Ed Povolitis. Hey, what's up? And Mike Grenier. Hey, girl. Okay. Our first game up this week is Zoo Tiles Hime, designed by Joshua Bakken, published by Zoo Studios in 2020, number players 2, ages 10 and up, playtime 25 to 50 minutes. Okay, Mikey, tell us, what's in the box? The cover of Zoo Tiles gives us a sneak peek of some of the tiles from the game, including an anime centaur labeled Horse, as well as a depiction of the Shengzhao, or the Chinese Zodiac. The starter set includes two pre-constructed decks of 40 tiles each, two action tiles, and two reaction tiles. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we do an overexcited voice dub of this review, Evan, tell us, how's it played? (laughs) Zoo Tiles Hime is a strategic tile-placing game based loosely on the creatures of the Chinese Zodiac. Players choose a creature or creatures to build customized decks around. Players earn points by creating patterns of compatible squares using creatures or by battling and capturing opposing creatures. The first player to 12 points wins. Think collectible card game meets dominoes. And that's Zoo Tiles Hime. We played Zoo Tiles Hime live at Evans. Live mm-hmm. and direct. So we got to hold the cards and see the box and all that stuff. The back of the box says the art style is kawaii, which is pronounced like Hawaii. And mm-hmm. kawaii art. Just means really cute art, usually with faces that have limited features and so forth. What do you guys think of the art? It does remind me of the, a classic anime style. And everybody is kind of like happy or very um, emotional. I'm going to say like either very <laughs> excited or sad or angry. <laughs> yeah, they've got a giant mouth or their eyes are squinting down to, to nothing. Or they have one of those like sweat drops over their head when they're embarrassed. So I love I love stuff like that. And just to be clear, we're talking about people who they're calling the animals here. Yeah, it's people dressed in animal costumes, kind of. They're, yeah, they're mostly human looking. It's true. Except for the centaur who looks about half horse. On each card, there's a lot of circles with pictures of animals in them <laughs> that you got to keep track of. Yeah, you're trying to match up the different animals. When you place a new tile, you want the connecting tiles to have 
at least one version of the animal that you have on the tile you placed. When you get a square of those, you get to remove them from the board and count it as four points towards victory. Well, it kind of depends on what you're trying to do with that tile. Maybe you're trying to block another person from making the combination, so you'll put something that's incompatible neighboring. <gasps> yeah. Scandalous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you make a mess of their area, of course. That's, that, that is a strategy to stretch the game out a little bit longer. All the animals in this game are all from the shiny zodiac, so there are 12 animals. But in our starter sector, there's only six. The starter set two should come with the other six. And that makes 12. There's the Zodiac. Each deck, I think we were combined, what, two or three, actually. The decks that we had were combining three different sets of uh, of animals working together. This is the first time I've seen the Chinese Zodiac used as part of a game, though. It's kind of interesting. Like my exposure before, pretty much going to a Chinese restaurant and seeing the... Uh, Oh, it's the year of the dog, you know. And yeah, right. You're, and you're compatible. <laughs> if, you're, if you're born in this year, you're compatible with X, Y, or Z. Yep, I'm a tiger, just so you all know. I'm year of the tiger. <laughs> Toit like a tiger. Zodiac is 12 different animals. That's a lot to keep track of in a, in a little card game where you're trying to use combos. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was a bit confusing. They say that the play, the teaching time is short. They actually say eight minutes on the back. I would say the, the learning curve is a bit steeper than that. I thought it was a little on theme because it was arcane learning the rules, which <laughs> watching anime for the first time is can be very arcane or reading manga can be very kind of tricky to get into. So to me, it, even learning the rules felt a little on theme. I think it's, part of it is learning symbology and it's a little bit different playing a game where you're trying to mash up compatibility charts. Right. There's a lot of symbols to look at at once. So your tiles don't necessarily match up well with some of your other tiles. Um, there's a little bit of crossover between your opponent's tiles and your tiles on what things might match. Yeah. And I had a hard time distinguishing or trying to figure out, was there a pattern to these compatibilities sets? In other words, if Celeste plays card A, should I really be playing card B to counter it? Is that the correct play? But I couldn't really grasp it. I couldn't figure it out. It took me a while. It took me a while, yeah. in other words, yeah. to figure out exactly what was the optimum compatibility to play at any given time. Because there's not just the combos of compatibility. There's also these placements. On You have to place them in certain ways. And wherever you place it on this board that you're building, it dramatically affects what it's able to do. And you could end up easily, which I did, set myself up for a loss later. Mm-hmm. If there's a placement on a table, you also have to look at their special abilities because most of them have uh, an ability that you can trigger if you want to. And there's the their strength and intelligence uh, values, which are used for battles. And that it actually reminds me of how it kind of went for us because I know that, uh, that Ed and uh, Evan went head-to-head with each other, and it was basically just, I got four points, you got four points. I got four points, you got four. <laughs> you know what I mean? They didn't even battle each other. We did the non-aggressive yeah. sort yeah. of way to oh, play extremely this game. Extremely passive, and the game went really fast when you did that. But mm-hmm. me right. and Celeste really stretched it out when we played each other. Yeah, so then Mikey and I got into it. We're like, well, all right, let's see how the combat works. Yeah, and that was kind of messy, actually, because there was a, there's combat. And then there's defensive tiles, which can add to the mm-hmm. defense during combat if they're adjacent to something that's being attacked. That's mm-hmm. kind of hard to grasp that at first for me. The game talks about having humor, too. 
Um, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of it. We ran into one humor card. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's this card. I think it's called Nay. Yep, Nay. Well, so when I play the card, I, I choose somebody to make a convincing horse noise. And, if, and I get to be the judge of whether it was convincing or not. And if it was convincing enough, that person gets one point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't do anything else. It doesn't benefit the user, really. <laughs> it's just the only benefit is they get to laugh at somebody for making a, a very convincing horse noise. Yeah, or an unconvincing one in my case. If you control a horse, Which choose a now. player to make a horse sound. You. If the chosen player makes a sound to your satisfaction. To my satisfaction, <laughs> you get a point. What if a you don't satisfy part. my need, you can counter that. That's an action. I'm terrible at neighing. Everyone gather around. You're, already, you're not selling yourself at this all. This is for the recording. <laughs> <laughs> Galloping freely through the fields. <laughs> Okay, all right. Now you feel the breeze against your mane. Right. Your tail feel whipping. <laughs> feel the whipping of the jockey. <laughs> That's all I got. Well, let me ask you this. Do you feel like I would be satisfied? I, I, can't, I can't judge that for you. Right. <laughs> it wasn't convincing, but you really put your heart into it, so I gave you the point anyway, even though it's to my detriment. <laughs> but the thing is, it said choose a player. Does it say choose your opponent? Yeah, I know, but that's weird to be the judge of your own yeah, card, right? It yeah. would be super annoying if somebody put that card down and went, nay, okay, give myself one point. Yeah, yeah. right. Boring. <laughs> it, it, it is a classic, very funny card, but not necessarily practical in, say, an ultra-competitive environment. Like, somebody <laughs> was playing the game competitively, they'll mm-hmm. put this down, shoot somebody, like, nah, that wasn't convention. Even if it was, no not bad and it's like no i'm the judge that wasn't good oh yeah if you're trying to win that's definitely not the best card to play (laughs) hey guys is there an equivalent of a nay card in magic the gathering uh in uh unglued there's lots of them in unglued okay there's a whole set of magic cards that are like that i think they have other versions of unglued but basically they're magic cards that are meant to be kind of insanely broken and like weird and like outside the box Okay, so maybe this was a take a bit on that. Yeah, I actually, but I would have liked to have seen more of it. That was yeah. one of the more fun parts of the game. And mm-hmm. it would have been in the spirit of this sort of silly anime that they were going for here. Um, so a little bit more humor and honestly, a little bit more humor in the art too. You know, it was mm-hmm. cute, but mm-hmm. it wasn't particularly amusing. I don't know if I have enough of an appreciation for this type of manga, but I, I think that... Um, People who do might have really enjoyed this and found more a little more humor in it than I did. Mm. I believe there's definitely an audience for this game. I'm not that steep in this particular theme, but I can see a lot of um, skill and heart went into the art and everything. Part of the first time playing is just learning what's in the deck. You don't even know. And that's part of our, I think, the struggle of our first games here is that, mm-hmm. no, we just put the tiles out as we draw and try to do something with it. And I think in a battle game like this, eventually you'll start to learn the combos and the efficient mm-hmm. pattern to make. And once you get more tiles, like if you actually get the other starter set or maybe have some booster packs eventually come out, they're not available yet. You only got that first starter set. And, you know, you're playing on with a, a pre-constructed deck. But I think the heart of this game will be when you have a whole set of tiles, you can make your own deck with your own devious plan in it and try to yeah. execute it. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Zoo Tiles Hime. Mike, 
I like strategy games with potential for big combos, but nothing I saw here made me feel like it could have a rewardingly epic moment. I'm not opposed to trying it again with some of the expansions and building my own deck, but for now, as it stands, I will bury it. Evan? Zootales was an interesting game with some good strategy options. Knowing the tiles of your opponents seems to be as important as knowing what your own tiles could do. The compatibility mechanics make it family-friendly, but the accommodation for battle sequences appeals to the more hardcore game players. I'll dig it up. Ed? Zootiles is an interesting and different take on the battle game format. Looking for patterns and activating combos is fun. It made me think about what I want to try to do on my next game. If you enjoy head-to-head battle games in the anime theme, you may want to dig this up for your next battle. The art had enough variety and was just cute enough to keep me interested while I learned the tricky placement and combos. I'm ready to get better at them. Dig it up. If you have thoughts about Zootiles, let us know. We are at Which Game First on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Our next game up this week is New York Zoo, designed by Uwe Rosenberg. Published by Capstone Game and Fearland in 2020, number of players 1 to 5, ages 10 and up, playtime 30 to 60 minutes. Okay, Mike, tell us, what's in the box? The box for New York Zoo shows a kangaroo, a fox, penguin, and a flamingo standing next to a poorly constructed enclosure in front of a New York skyline. (laughs) Poorly constructed. They're all side-eyeing the camera and look unconcerned about leaving. Inside the box, you'll discover eight double-sided zoo boards, an action strip, which is the main board, 45 puzzle piece tiles, kind of Tetris styles, 10 animal tiles, 6 special tokens, 32 attraction tiles, 126 custom wooden animal tokens, and a wooden elephant. And that's what's in the box. Before we find out if the New York Zoo is worth the price of admission, Evan, tell us how it's played. In New York Zoo, you are designing an animal park. Players will build enclosures, introduce new animals, and raise their offspring. The first player to cover all the construction spaces on their zoo board with enclosure tiles and attractions wins the game. Gameplay is straightforward, as you have only two options on your turn. Build a new enclosure in your zoo, or populate your zoo with more animals. But be sure to time your actions well, since you want your zoo to participate in as many animal breedings as possible. More animals, the better. If you love animals, this game is for zoo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. I see what you did there. (laughs) All right, so we played this game live. We had a live copy. It's a nice, heavy game. Yeah, it's got some weight to it. The pieces are uh, nice, you know, well made. I love the uh, animeeples. (laughs) Beautiful box coloring. Yeah, the animeeples steal the show for me. Yeah, but here's the thing about animeeples, guys. The competition for animeeples is getting pretty hot. (laughs) True. There's animeeples everywhere now. (laughs) I don't think it's enough anymore. It's not a... A must-buy now. So what else is going on in New York Zoo? You're basically running around the zoo in in a circle, um, you know, trying to program your move so that you land on your optimum spot. And I like that you are allowed to move as many spaces one through four as you want. There's no die to roll. 
So that's kind of the, pro, in a sense, a programming element to this game. It was interesting because you had you had real good choices. And you also had to think about the other players and what you think that they want or look for their optimum move and try to program your move so that they can't get their optimum <laughs> yeah, move. Yeah, because we're all skipping over each other mm-hmm. with right. the single movement token. If I know that Celeste is going to get something super at eight and it's my turn and she goes after me, I may not want to go four because then she'll choose to move four and get the eight that she needs. I might go three or two so that she can't possibly get to that eight spot. Oh, well. Oh, really? He's going to yeah. get How is he going to get it? He's going to land right here. Unless you, you sure? go, Unless you can only go one. <laughs> you I, short him. I do. And one, I two, three, four. Not a, not a face. I get a mare rat. So the swing wine goes there and the queen quang goes here. Using my own language. And I like that they included the question mark token so you can test something out. Like, do I want this piece? Let me try it out first. Yeah, the question mark acts as a placeholder so you can pick the piece up and put it on your board and try to finagle it and make it optimal. For I you. liked that too. I wish the spaces you could move to, though, were a little more clearly denoted. Because there's two different shapes of spaces that you can land on. It's the one with the shapes or the blue circle with two animals on it. You skip over the brown circle with animals on it. You know, it, I don't know. It just it wasn't really clear where your, your piece was supposed to go a lot of time. Is it just me or are a lot of games coming out with Tetris pieces right now? Yeah, it seems to be fairly common. My City we played recently and, you know, Baron mm-hmm. Park. The, the spatial uh, reasoning game seemed to be a, a thing now. And I think this game blends that with the animal breathing and... Now, Uwe is really well known for those uh, Agricola-style games. And I think mm-hmm. has a nice, light game from him, comparatively, that has you know, that element that many people love, plus the, the Tetris pieces that everybody likes. Didn't he also make Agricola as well? <laughs> <laughs> Not only were the movements a little bit unclear, but I thought that uh, the pieces were a little bit unclear, too, because they're supposed to be separated by different shades of green as to when they're placed in their space. But um, the green shades were really close to each other, so it was kind of hard to tell the, them apart. Well, you, you can count the spaces on them, but that's just for the setup part. Yeah, a quicker reference that was a little more clear would have been nice, though. It's not complicated taking your turn, right, Ed? No, it, it, you have pretty much two choices. Either take more animals or get another enclosure piece. And that's your turn. Maybe some breeding happened in between. That was kind of nice. You could take your turn rather quickly because you didn't have an overwhelming amount of options to do on your turn. And I think everybody was able to stay a little bit engaged because their turn was going to come close and they were kind of curious what other people were taking. Mm. So that that keeping people engaged is helped by everybody's turn being really short. Why were we moving an elephant <laughs> as our turn track? He's the zoo boss. <laughs> I mean, shouldn't it be a people meeple? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. And there aren't that many Tetris pieces, right? Looks like a ton at the beginning, but when you're playing with four players, those pieces go fast and you run out of good pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Not only that, mm-hmm. the, the pieces are stacked in a particular order. Yes. Based on color. So mm-hmm. painful. In which maybe some of the more desirable pieces are lower. <laughs> Uh, in oh, that yeah. stack. <laughs> so you are hoping that other people clear up the higher pieces so you can get to those nice lower pieces. I was left want. with one piece I needed and everybody knew it. And so nobody was going to let me have access to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah, the piece yeah. on top of it was terrible. 
I, I saw that you needed that piece. Yeah, everybody. But the piece that was on top of it was honestly not that useful to me. <laughs> if it was the sure. perfect piece for me, I would have grabbed it. It's cold comfort, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> Is this game lonely? There's not a lot of interaction other than everybody watching what everybody's doing with the elephant. But it's mm. not like, oh, I'm going to go over and steal that piece from you. No, it's, I took that piece, now it's mine. I mean, that's a little bit of interaction. No, and it's not an everybody plays every turn kind of thing either. Mm-hmm. But the turns right. are fairly prompt. So Yeah, they go quickly. Yeah. yeah. There's breeding in between. At least you're doing something with your pieces when you pass a breeding spot. Still not really an interaction with other people, but uh, the, there is an interaction where, uh, and not even really, but when you take those uh, those attraction pieces off the board, you're kind of like taking away from other people. But even then, it's not really a uh, so painful. There's only one giant attraction, and then right. you got to go to a yeah. smaller, and then a smaller, and then there's one square attractions. <laughs> yeah. Hey, sometimes you need that just that one piece to complete your yep. complete your zoo. Plan padly, and you're going to need ten of those pieces. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you well. get really stuck with those. And getting one of those pieces requires that you fill up one of your enclosures with uh, with animals. So, you know, some of those pieces are like one, two, three, six, or like even seven, I think, is a... Uh, I think six is the biggest one. I see a seven. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of those pieces are seven spaces. So you have to fill up seven whole spaces with animals before you can get that tiny little one piece that you need to put on the board. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons why sometimes it's nice to have a smaller enclosure. They can fill it up faster. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury New York Zoo. Ed? In typical Rosenberg style, you get to play with lots of animals. <laughs> and while you are gathering your favorite animal, you also have to puzzle out how to fit your zoo in with enclosures and interactions. This blend of mechanics and a theme makes it an accessible game that's easy to learn and draws you in. Dig this up to break ground on your next zoo. Evan? New York Zoo was a fun tableau builder with good mechanics for animeeple management, and I love spatial reasoning puzzles. So, go to the zoo and dig it up. Mike? The board was interesting. The animeeples were pretty cute, but I didn't see anything very novel about any of the mechanics, and it kind of felt solitaire-ish. And for that reason, I'll bury it. Well, I spent a long time on the fence with this one, which is a dangerous place to be at the New York Zoo. But in the end, only the movement was interesting to me, which is not enough for the ticket price, so I'm going to have to bury it. If you have thoughts about New York Zoo, let us know. We are at Which Came First on Facebook and Twitter. And check out all of our fun pics and videos on YouTube and Instagram. We want to take a minute to invite you to become a patron of our show. If you become a supporter today, you get access to something very special. Evan? Patrons have access to our exclusive podcast. Pew, pew, pew. Bonus points! Bonus points. <laughs> I gave it to Evan today because I just wanted to say bonus points because I never get to do that part. <laughs> you never get to say that, do you? <laughs> it's a special podcast we do put together just for our patrons and we talk about all kinds of different things. Yes, mostly having to do with gaming, but also... Come on, we talk about whatever we want. That's true. It is. It's basically a kick up your feet and spend 15 minutes with us talking about stuff that we think you're interested in, too. Yeah, we just talked about uh, our favorite arcade games today, and it'll be out soon. 
Yeah, arcade games from the 80s. I mean, how cool. I mean, oh my gosh, we could have done 10 bonus points episodes for just that one. (laughs) And we love hearing what you guys have to say about the bonus points and the episodes too. You can pop onto our Discord chat, especially if you're a patron. Yeah, we got an exclusive channel called The Game Room for patrons only on our Discord channel. But everybody's invited to our Discord channel. We're getting new people every day. We love to talk there. We're there all the time. We love to take suggestions, like you said, Mike. Um, mm-hmm. And we even played pickup games with our patrons sometimes. Yeah, that's true. That's a lot of fun. Can't uh, hurt we- to ask us. If we're around, we'll play. Yeah. Our patrons kind of start becoming our new buddies that we game with. So please jump on and uh, make some new friends. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to our website and click on Become a Supporter today. Woohoo! Thank guys. And we want to remind you, join us now on Facebook Live every Thursday night as we do a playthrough. Check us out this and every week on Thursday. (laughs) We love interacting with all of our audience there. It is the most fun part of our week. Especially trivia. Yep, yep. We'll ask you some questions too. 7 p.m. Eastern Time. (laughs) Our last game up this week is Jack Straws. Published by Parker Brothers in 1888. <laughs> wow. Yes. Oh, I love it. Wow. Number of players, two to five, ages six and up. Playtime, 10 minutes. Okay, Mikey, tell us what's in this 132 year old box. <laughs> On the cover of this ancient, crumbling box, we see a dispassionate knight poised to behead a bundle of wheat (laughs) with his sword. (laughs) Inside, you'll find two rusty prison shanks that are called hooks (laughs) and approximately 45 jack straws, which are little wooden farm equipments and a teeny tiny one page rule book. And that's what's in the box. Before we thresh our way through this piece of history, Evan, tell us how it's played. Here is how you play Jack Straws. A pile of objects made of balsam wood in the shapes of little things like axes, rifles, brooms, and so forth. (laughs) You dump them on the table. Mm -hmm. Then the players take, in our case, needles (laughs) to extract one of these objects from the pile but without moving any of the other items. Hmm. Mm-hmm. If successful, that player gets to keep the item and try again. But if they move any other object other than the one they're trying to pull out, the turn is over and the needle carefully passes to the player on the left. <laughs> the winner is the person with the most items or at least the most items with the highest number of values when you add them up. And then once there are none left in the pile, that's when you add up your score. Hmm. And that is how you play, as Parker Brothers says on the cover of the box, popular Jack Straws. (laughs) Oof. Mm -hmm. Complicated. Did everybody get that? I hope you guys can follow along. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this was made for pretty young kids to understand, right? Six and up. Yeah, it's a kid game. Okay, so, Mike, you mentioned prison shanks in the box. What did you actually mean by that? (laughs) All right, there's these little wooden handled needles that are sharp, long, and rusty. Uh, I don't think they came rusty in the original one, probably. Hopefully. Probably Hopefully, not. Maybe. <laughs> but uh, ours were very rusty because this is an ancient game. But they're really sharp. They were sharp. Oh, so sharp. Like, surprisingly sharp for how rusty they were. 
We had to make sure we're up on our tetanus shots. Well, there's some controversy, though. We ran into some controversy. But before we get there about those needle pieces, let's talk about the look and feel of this box. Evan, how did you come across a 1888 game box? Well, I count myself fortunate that I was able to come across this thing. I did find it on Etsy. Etsy is amazing. People are putting all kinds of things up there for sale. I mean, it's, you know, it's eBay. It's an, it's a site like that. So mm. you can find almost anything. And while there were other Jack Straw's games to purchase, just the cover of this box stood out at me like a sore thumb that was recently poked with a rusty needle. <laughs> And I had to have it. And the price was right. I mean, it was 8 bucks plus, I don't know, I probably paid $8 in shipping for the damn thing. But I didn't <laughs> care. This thing is a is a throwback to antiquity. One of the, you know, who knows? It's, it's one of the Parker Brothers' first games that they published. Because um, they, were, they were only around for five years at that point. Wow. Wow. The five-year-old Parker Brothers. And that's why they named it Popular Jack Straws at the point. It's their, probably their best game to date. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say, it was worth the eight bucks just to hold a box that existed back then. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. The box yeah. was so light and fragile feeling. It was dried out because it's been years and years. And it was cardboard, right? Am I right? Oh, it's cardboard. Yeah. It definitely is. Yeah. But, a, but a nice, I'm holding it right now. It's a good quality cardboard, certainly. Not like, you know, modern day sort of cheap stuff that falls apart in two seconds. They built this thing to last, clearly. For anybody who wants to check it out, Evan's version of the game is on our Instagram page. Mm -hmm. And when I opened the box, there was the little pullout of the rules. We're going to get to that. But the paper that the pullout was on, that was a thrill to hold. It's like walking through a museum. You see all these things and you're thinking, wouldn't it be cool to touch those? (laughs) and then you get to do it yeah it's like the dead sea scrolls you have to pick it up very gently and open it up carefully (laughs) the magna carta or something i I know we're still talking about the box but there's a lot going on (laughs) with this box (laughs) i mean that cover the font style on the cover the pre-times new roman font style with that very old-fashioned a Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It almost looks like it was hand-drawn yeah it does look like it was hand-drawn because that k does not look uniform Mm-hmm. And it has the border around the text that says published by Parker Brothers is that Greek border that mm-hmm. everybody who first got publisher in the 1980s used to surround every piece of newsletter article ever. Right. Mm-hmm. And to know that that Greek border has been around that long and probably a lot longer was interesting to learn. <laughs> and it all it is all set and laid over a floral pattern. A paisley pattern is really what it is. It's paisley with a light crimson. And it's it's just it's it's thoughtful. It, it's cool. It's so cool. It screams late nineteenth century, early twentieth century. It mm-hmm. just does. I mean the guy's wearing his what, puffy pantaloons or whatever they're called. Oh the, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, the that, uh, knight or whatever that is. Yeah. Jack or, that sketch art style of the knight and the and the wheat is very 19th century. You know, Beatrix yeah. Potter. The it's whole like an old tarot deck or something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good point. But enough about the box, I guess, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gushing over it. Let's well. get to the game itself. There's mm. some controversy about the items that came in the box. That needle you're talking about. Ed, hit us with it. Go ahead. Uh, I don't know what you mean. There's no controversy here. It's supposed to be a hook. 
Is it? We're not convinced. I know you guys are not convinced, but but go ahead and present your case, Ed. <laughs> All right. So, um, every single image I see this game shows a hook being used to move these pieces, mm-hmm. and I don't think they intended for you everybody to stab the pieces <laughs> with the needle in order to move them. Which is what we did. But the the act of stabbing it alone is pretty much begging that you're going to move something out. Uh, I mean, not if you're light-handed and just. It's, all, it's only balsa wood, and that needle was one of the sharpest needles I've ever touched. It, was one of, it seems yeah. so sharp to have been a broken hook. Mm-hmm. Now, we consulted the rules, didn't we, Evan, to see if we could yes, see we if the word hook was mentioned. Was it? I'm going through the rule paper right now, <laughs> and uh, you can't even call it a book. And the word <laughs> hook is nowhere to be found. But neither is the word uh, needle. No, they don't use the word needle either. What word do they use? They use the word wire. <laughs> totally unhelpful. Yeah, right. In the later pictures, you can see a wire connected to a plastic hand thing, and it's like a bent wire. Yeah, but that's from the 50s. Yeah, that's a, that's a much newer version. And now I have a sort of an idea. This is a little taste of how archaeologists must feel trying to figure things out. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, what word did they use? Well, what have you seen in other versions of this? Mm-hmm. It's fascinating, but I'm still not convinced it's not a needle. I'm convinced it's supposed to be a, uh, a hook. <laughs> okay, so what about the actual gameplay? <laughs> oh, it's a deck dirty game. Yeah, it's pickup sticks, basically, except for with a lot more curvy pieces. Yeah, that's the predecessor of this game, it pickup sticks. I did like the shapes that they had. They were pretty creative. Yeah. They were definitely disproportionate. <laughs> One was like a giant Bill Gates arm or like a uh, pole arm kind of looking thing. I don't know what they used that for on the farm. A glaive yeah. was in there, I <laughs> yeah, think. Yeah, a glaive yeah, was yeah. in there. You don't see these tiny wooden models anymore, these little things. And I remember them from childhood. Balsa wood? I played with balsa wood a bit, and it's, it's fun. All right. So we played the game. I completely got crushed. I mean, I cannot pick things. <laughs> Look. I have ruined several of Evan's chairs just from various clumsy spills and everything else. I cannot do things without making a physical impact on the objects that I'm interacting with. I've seen Celeste swing her arms out and spill an entire two liter bottle of soda all over the whole tabletop. No, (laughs) scary. Yeah, I'm usually good at these games, but I think we might have played on the wrong surface because we had like a table with a tablecloth over it and it was... Yeah, it was a little too soft. You really need these on on a hard floor or something like that. Mm -hmm. Solid, solid surface. Yeah, it would have been better. Yeah, well, our prison shank was so sharp, it was was actually picking up thread from the tablecloth. Oh, right. (laughs) That's right. You'd poke through through the piece and or next next to it, it would would catch the thread. Yeah. (laughs) God, I got zero pieces. <laughs> zero. Um, but that did not diminish your enjoyment, though. I, it was amusing watching people stab stuff with a needle that we're sure was the actual proper game component. <laughs> well, I'm sure it isn't now, but yes. All right, everyone. I'm sorry to say we have a sad epilogue to the popular Jack Straw's game story. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. Uh, we We lost... A game component to violence. (laughs) Violence. Mike, do you want to elaborate? Violence is a strong word. I was trying to get excellent purchase on a... On a halberd that was uh, just on the edge of the the playing surface. Um, Yeah, it was like a 10-point piece or something. It was huge. Yeah, because the pieces have different 
point values. Oh yeah, we forgot to say they them. stamp the number of the value of the piece. That was so right. clever. And it doesn't. And believe me, there's no rhyme or reason to how much a piece is worth. A big giant right. piece could be worth one, and a you know easy piece could be worth seven. <laughs> right. So you know. In theory, the more valuable pieces are supposed to be more difficult to acquire with your hook. In theory. Oh, okay. Didn't seem like that to us. Oh, yeah, it definitely wasn't. <laughs> but um, but so I was trying to make a piece lean up. A little bit so I could pull it out safely by pushing the needle a little bit harder into the head of the of the piece so the tail would come up. This is my worst. This is a bane. Worst kind of game. There's <laughs> no way for me to succeed. <laughs> I never. Oh, Mike. Mike, you no! broke it. I'm sorry. They're very delicate. No. Yes. We can tape it. <laughs> I mean, look how rusted out it is. There's no meat left in it. Oh. I didn't push on it hard, guys. He oh, snapped the I think the it made needle. a disgusting snap sound as oh. well, like a bone breaking. It was, it was <laughs> like my eight dollars. Ah. <laughs> and it already came with a broken piece. A piece of history destroyed. Something that lasted since 1888. Listen, in, in my defense, there was already the second needle in the box was already broken. Yes, yeah, so came. that made True. that needle even more important. It was the warning. It was it was the canary in the coal mine saying, oh "Beware, God. beware! Too much pressure." I on feel the so bad that it was needle. me that pulled the trigger on that one. <laughs> I know. I knew you would. That's why we love we, it so much. I, I, I All right, really and good. before we let out this collective groan, basically, yeah, oh, when that, we and the steps it. we took to try to put it back together it was oh, sad it was to pathetic. watch <laughs> okay Quick, get some tape <laughs> get a tiny drill so we could drill a hole on the end of the and the handle and try to stick the needle back in there <laughs> off or not yeah i'll end with this the pamphlet i can't even say pamphlet it was like a folded a bifolded sheet of like half size paper leaflet yeah, it's the size of one of those like half-folded name tags that you get when you go to a high school reunion. Just like Hello, that. my name is. <laughs> and it said, yeah. to lovers of good games. This is from Parker Brothers. It was inside the box. Out of 200 games published by them, the firm of Parker Brothers especially recommend the following. And then they list their most popular games, which are kind of interesting. These games all sound more interesting than Monopoly, which came after it. I don't get it. It's almost like there were more interesting games in the 1800s and they got duller as time <laughs> went on. The Post Office Game, a new and elaborate game. Letter carriers deliver toy letters on a game board representing the city of New York. I want it. The Wide World. The finest game of travel ever published. The board is covered with photographic views of the principal cities of the world. And players, in the course of the game, travel through them all. And you can visit all 44 United States. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this one was the most interesting uh, for people on Instagram. Prisoner of Zenda. Oh, sounds like Zelda. That sounds real exotic. And I can't read this word. Oh, exciting. An exciting game. An exciting game modeled on the famous story of that name. I don't know the famous story. What famous story of that name? (laughs) Prisoner of Zenda. Of course. Evan, you want to read the last two? Pillow decks. (laughs) Jolly fun for all ages. D-E-X, right? Yes. Pillow hyphen D-E-X. Jolly fun for all ages. The most (laughs) popular game of the year. (laughs) 
Oh, no, that's that's your description. Um, and then and then and then <laughs> pillow decks tennis. Whoa. Ooh, which comes with rackets, pillow decks, balloons, and net for what? indoor playing. Wait, what? Oh, this wait is a like, minute. Is that like an inflated balloon that you bounce around the room with rackets? Like in the keep it up in the air, like keep up. Uh, I, yeah, I suppose so. It, uh, badminton meets balloons indoors or something oh, like man. that. Oh, we got to get these. I mean, <laughs> I'm on a quest now. I, I got to have these. <laughs> oh, there are also card games for children. Um, one game is called Happy Families. Cost you a quarter. So somebody asked if the Prisoner of Zenda on Instagram, is this game possibly the first licensed game? You know what I mean? They licensed the novel. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder what was going on. I wonder on if they even late. paid anything for Late 19th century with that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, it might know. not even been a thing at that point, licensing stuff like that. Can we send Joe on the task to do the research for us? Yeah, we need a lawyer. <laughs> Maybe. I'm sure he'd love he to. He would probably be good at that. Oh, and I'll wrap up with this. The last thing it says on the game uh, pamphlet here. If you want the illustrated catalog of Parker Brothers games, <laughs> send a two-cent stamp <laughs> and request... So, uh, send two cents stamp for Parker Brothers Illustrated Catalog of Games. <laughs> okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury popular Jack Straws. <laughs> Evan? Jack Straws was, in its own way, amazing. <laughs> to think we played with something that children played with well over 100 years ago is a staggering thought. And you know what? We had fun playing it, too. So <laughs> dig it up. Ed? I can't deny it was very intriguing to be playing a game that was likely to be over 100 years old. While I think this is primarily for kids, this can be a fun dexterity challenge for adults as well. And while I did enjoy the blast from the past, the novelty kind of wore off for me a bit. (laughs) I'll have to bury it for the next adventurer to unearth this bit of history. Mike? I think that whether I like this game or not is kind of irrelevant uh, because a game with parts this deadly and fragile will never be found on the market again. And for that, for its dangerous and fragile nature, I have to bury it for the sake of mankind. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Unless you can get your hands on an original copy from 132 years ago um, or, you know, maybe one of the older versions. If Listen, if you can get a copy of the exact one Evan got and see if those pieces are actually hooks, we want to know. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> Tell us. Um, but yeah, obviously, come on, it's pickup sticks. You know, you would the mm-hmm. game itself is not worth it, but it was great to hold a piece of history. If you have thoughts about popular Jack Straws, we definitely want to hear from you. We are at which game first on Facebook and Twitter, and you can see all our pictures and videos and interact with us on Instagram and YouTube. And that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing about all the game exploring you're doing. If you'd like more perks and content from our show, including exclusive episodes of our patron-only podcast, Bonus Points. points. For just $3 a month, you can go to our website and click on Become a Supporter today. If you get a chance, please leave us a like, a rating, a review, a heart, a shout-out, 
anywhere. It really helps us grow. Join our chat on our Discord server. You can get there through our website. We are at Which Came First on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Happy Gaming Explorers! Here, Mike, it's your turn. Here's the needle. Ouch. It's a hook, not a needle. <laughs> if it ain't wood, it ain't good. <laughs> what? <laughs> we, we had a lot of wood in the games we played. I don't know. <laughs>